Greetings, you are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. Okay, it's Tuesday, August 23rd. I almost said April 23rd. I'm Brian Murphy, and with me is Doug Brizzoni. And Doug, I thought I was going to say April because, God, I wish it was April. Um, yeah, I mean, April, they were just kind of pleasantly <laughs> mediocre. Right. If you'll remember. That's, right. I miss those days now. Yeah. But the Giants, if you're listening and you didn't know this, the Giants are still in first place. Uh, they're in first place of in the wild card race. They are. They are first place in being the worst team in the entire sport in the second half of the season. They are. They are the first place team in the runner-up to the NL West leading Dodgers. They, uh, they are, though. Uh, in probability of winning, they might be second place runner-up to the Rockies at this point. <laughs> Finally, though, they are first place in having the most in-season trade acquisitions not work out to this point. So. Uh, but the Giants are still in first place, so there's plenty to be optimistic about. They are 11-23 and 23 in the second half of the season, but still in first place. Both the Giants and the Dodgers have 38 games remaining. And I bring up the Dodgers now because tonight, if you're listening to the podcast today, Tuesday, tonight, the Giants start their biggest, yes, the biggest uh, series of the season as they go and play the Dodgers um, for their souls in a battle for their souls. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a big series they got coming up tonight. They have their uh, their top three pitchers going. They have Madison Bumgarner tonight. They have Johnny Cueto tomorrow. And then on Thursday, they have uh, 2004 Jason Schmidt, I think. <laughs> Is the, their third best pitcher? Well, if I'm remembering have... right, because they definitely have three good pitchers because they <laughs> traded for a good pitcher. Well, is they... my memory. <laughs> it's at least an anthropomorphic walk, an anthropomorphic <laughs> base on balls for sure, uh, which is tentatively named Matt Moore. That's a pro. That's a working title though. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, the the Giants uh, out of the 38 games remaining. Um, only these these games against the Dodgers nine total, which they've they've got three this week. They they also have eight. They basically have seventeen games left. This is what I'm trying to say: seventeen games left against teams with winning records and basically playoff teams. Now those teams happen to be the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. It's not impossible given the state of this Giants team that they go like one and sixteen, or more likely zero oh and twenty in these seventeen <laughs> games. But uh, that's where they're at. The rest are against the uh, basically the NL West, and that's 21 games. They they did pretty well in the first half with half a roster, half a lineup, and no real good pitching against those teams. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but this is the biggest se- series of the year uh, to the season of the season. You could say to this point, but I mean, the Giants are already going in back one full game. Uh, you know, to hold serve, they've got to win two out of three. Uh, but this was a team that was that the Dodgers were in the rearview mirror. The Dodgers were a wild card team, and this was a flawed Giants team that had somehow built this huge lead. Now they are kind of, in theory, getting healthier and adding these improvements to the roster, apparently, and none of that's worked out. The returning players have sunk them, the trades have sunk them. 
Um, and as Grant pointed out in one of his recaps, when the bullpen's good, the starters are bad. When the starters are good and the bullpen's good, the offense is bad. So they just can't really get it together. And Doug, as you said, it's the Giants' best. The Giants are putting their best foot forward against you could say the Dodgers' quote-unquote best. The Dodgers' rotation is a shambles. But that doesn't seem to matter because their offense is clicking and is dynamic and uh, and and scary, quite frankly. Um, so, with all that being said, gulp. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think gulp is uh, a good way to put it. I mean, I will say the the Eduardo Nunez trade so far has actually turned out to be fine. He's his hitting line is basically the exact same as it was with the Giants as it was with the Twins. Um, his defense was bad at the beginning, but it's it's certainly rebounded lately. I don't think anybody would complain about him over the last week or two defensively. It seems like he's sort of found his footing. Uh, but those other trades and those players returning from the DL, that those are not good situations. Hunter Pence has been abysmal. Yeah. Joe Panic has been terrible. And, you know, Panic's hitting the bad luck a little bit more than Pence, but he's been awful. And Matt Moore has walked everyone in the world. I I got a Madison Bumgarner bobblehead at a, at a River Cats game a week or two ago. Matt Moore just walked that bobblehead <laughs> on four pitches. On four pitches. I mean, the bobblehead does have a bat. It's a Silver Slugger one, so that is pretty scary. But still, <laughs> so I mean, it's just one of those things. It's you at this point, you can't really say, "Oh, it's baseball," and it all evens out. In a, in a certain way, I mean, if it is evening out, what it's telling me, if if you're a listener who subscribes to the idea that it all evens out over a season, uh, then I I don't know what that says about the Giants. Does it say that they were playing over their heads at some point of the season? Because for most of the season, they've actually been pretty bad. Or or as you said, in the first month, they were just kind of like benignly mediocre. You know, and and now they're just objectively terrible, and they have been for a solid month. I mean, eleven and twenty three is not a fluke, um, and so this is. I had an article in the queue that I didn't execute back toward right before the season started, and if you're a, a hawk-eyed Twitter user and follower and follow all the uh, principles of McCovey Chronicles, you recall that Grant added me one night because he saw it in the queue. And he said, what the, what the F is wrong with you? Because the title of the article was, The Giants may not be that good this season, and that's okay. And <laughs> that was before the season started, and I'm going to present the thesis, because I didn't write the article, about why what compelled me to write that. And at first you'll chuckle, but essentially if I explain it, you'll still chuckle, but at least maybe it makes a little more sense now. I wasn't going off the spring training record or even the stats. I was simply looking at the spring training play. Essentially, the Giants at no point in spring training this year looked like the Giants. The Giants that we expected, they basically look like how they've looked in the season we've come to see, where maybe a starter will be good here or there, but not consistently. Maybe the offense will click for a game or two, but not consistently. And essentially, just they haven't, they didn't look like themselves when this when they got together this season, and they didn't even put it together at the end of spring training. That if you recall, they just kind of limped into the season. They're like, ah, it's spring training; it'll all sort itself out. 
I don't think it really did. I think, I, I mean, you know, again, spring training is whatever, but, you know, Matt Cain wasn't great in spring training. And it, as an example, Jeff Samarja was not great in, tra- in spring training. And if they could put together any starts, it was here and there. Um, and and I, I think the first month of the season, the first week or two of the season was sort of like, oh, that's what kind of warmed it over or put like a Band-Aid on that. It was like, oh, see, they're fine. Spring training doesn't mean anything. But what I was taking from it as, you know, players get older. They, they take a step back, whatever it is. And so in my mind, it just seemed like, well, if things don't go well this year, it, this shouldn't be a, a huge surprise. And the whole point about, and that's not a bad thing if they're not great this year, is because they've won a lot. <laughs> they really have. The last seven years have been really good for the Giants. They've been very, they, you know, and in the history of the Brian Sabian era, they've been competitive every year, and that's great. That's exciting. That's You, you would rather have that than boom and bust. Um, but in Brian, season- you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of the problem in spring training was that nobody was pitching well. And that included Madison Bumgarner, who was god-awful. That included Johnny Cueto, who was abysmal. Uh, the best starter on the team in spring training, if I'm remembering right, was Jake Peavy, who uh, has not had a good year. It was a bad spring training for him, too. It just wasn't as bad, at least ERA-wise, as the other guys. Uh, but there were also guys who had who had good, you know, good starts to spring, who did well, at least by, you know, strikeouts and walks and all those sort of indicators who have had bad years. You know, Mike Broadway was up for two games and was bad in them. Chris Heston was on the roster for a couple weeks and who got shipped down to Sacramento and then got hurt. Um, spring training really doesn't mean that much, I think. I don't think these struggles are sort of... I don't think that, that the spring training struggles pretended this bad stretch of baseball so much as, you know, they just weren't... They didn't really show up for spring training. They they just used it to get ready for the season instead of going out there and, and doing their best every game. And it, it worked for a while. But some of them got hurt, some of them got bad. That's how it is. I don't think that this current iteration of the team is at, is their true talent level. I mean, you say 11 and 23 isn't meaningless. That's true. But neither is whatever their first half record was, which I haven't looked up because I'm lazy. Uh, so it's the easy, lazy way out to say the truth is somewhere in between. And I have never avoided taking the easy, lazy way out. So <laughs> the truth is somewhere in between. Well, yeah, their first half record was 57 and 33. I think we can all agree safely that they were playing well above. They were playing over their heads. I won't say well above because they do have good players on their team. And again, spring training, yes, it's a stupid thing to point out. But to the extent of like, did it portend that they were going to be the worst team in baseball? No, it was just the whole point was the whole point of what are they in the middle if the truth is somewhere in the middle, what are they going to wind up being? Are they going to be an 84 win team again? You know, that's sort of like, is that what, that's not what they were shooting for. And if the true talent assembly of this team is no better than that, and they keep trying to make improvements and it still doesn't really get them. I mean, this will be the second season in a row. Let's say if that's, it's that winds up being their record. And it's sort of the same symptom where they kind of just kind of slug off in the last month and a half of the season. Um, which is an interesting commentary for Bobby Evans, I would say. 
you know, that he's twice in two his two years as a GM, he's had a competitive team that's kind of just kind of faded away uh, as the se- at, towards the end of the season, which again speaks to how difficult playing baseball is, I would say. Um, but yeah, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but I I would say that the offense never really looked like themselves. The team just didn't quite ever click as like okay, they're gonna be fine. There was never that streak in spring training. This was like one of the few times where Bochy was, you know, basically they were saying like, oh, they'll get it together, but it never came together. And so they're like, oh, well, once the season starts, these guys will turn it on. Yeah, for the most part, they did. I think that uh, that the surprise play from the, what, six or seven backup backups that they wound up having to use is definitely part of the reason why they were, you know, getting the Ramiro Peñas and and even Mac Williamson, uh, 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 Jarrett Parker playing incredibly well in his limited time. So all those guys coming up and filling in for a, a good chunk of time, they were good for most of that time, or at least helpful. Um, and so now we'll see what happens. I think Panic's starting to kind of get it going again. He's He's been hitting the ball hard. Uh, he seems to be popping it up a little bit less. But yeah, I don't know what Pence is typically very streaky, um, but he just doesn't look like he's going to come out of it. Or whenever he does, he seems to take two steps backwards. So I will take the ignorant slut thing, Doug. But I was, <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to the, uh, just to go back to the bigger premise, it's just sort of like, you know, these guys, have, this particular, the core of this team has been together for a long time. You know, at some point that core is going to give a, a little bit away. Um, and I feel like that's, that's all that's happened. And the new people they've, they brought in haven't really been tremendously better. So that's where we're at. We're now in a situation where the Giants are are, take, are yanking at their collar and sweating, sweating a little bit here. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs this year, there's there's going to be some issues. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so I think that what they should do is make the playoffs. That's <laughs> That's probably the best move for them. I'm that is expert it. analysis you won't hear anywhere else, folks. No, nowhere yeah. else would yeah. they just say that and assume you didn't know it. So if you're looking for other signs of hope, although you don't need it because the Giants are still in first place in all the categories we mentioned, and that's all that matters to some people, that so the Giants are in first place, right? So there we <laughs> go. That's solved. But the other part is, uh, you know, Madison Bumgarner is pitching better of late. Also, his bat stayed he, – he's hit consistently great all season. So <laughs> uh, I feel like Cueto's maybe kind of coming back. Uh, he's pitched well, and I think Bochi probably still has to monitor, you know, probably not try to get the W for him, which, you know what, why did I say that? Of course Bochi's still going to do that. Uh, I feel like Bochi's going through a little bit of a, of a dead arm in his brain, period, the last month and a half or two months as well. Uh, but he, t- he tends to do that every year where he kind of messes around during the season and then as it starts to get late, he kind of tightens up. So we'll see what happens. Um, last year, it was leaving Jake Peavy in to get that win in L.A. instead giving up the uh, the uh, lead-losing home run to Adrian Gonzalez. I can certainly see a situation like that happening. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Gonzalez hit three home runs yesterday. He's never hit a home run against Madison Bumgarner. So who knows? Seventh inning, Bumgarner's at 98 pitches. That seems like a perfect recipe for Bochy to let it let it go and and who knows um uh but yeah, you know just looked better his last few starts i mean not yeah. like a his first the first couple months he was sort of a cy self cy young candidate <laughs> right. kind of dream about it yeah then that went away but 
you know, his last his last few starts, he's looked like a major league pitcher again, which is a really good sign considering he was very lost for a very long time. He never had a curveball or a changeup before, and now he does. Or he ne- he rarely he used them. Curveball like five years ago, and yeah. then he stopped. <laughs> so and now, using... and now they're like, "Why don't you use that? Nothing <laughs> else is working." And he was like, "Okay." Uh, I, I think it's just watching it uh, because he has been very effective. It's just a matter of oh, the the pitch changes planes, right? <laughs> like eye level adjustment, all that kind of thing. And it's a credit to him. I mean, the coaches are always going to be like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And Grant pointed to a Fangraphs interview of Dave Rigetti the other day. And you should go find that. It's a, it's a really great article. Dave Rigetti is always a good interview. Um, and when he gets a question that he knows could be a better question or he wants to clarify a specific of it, he'll, it's just he's a really good interview. He answers the questions very intelligently. Anyway, Credit to Jeff Samarja for not just being open to it, but you know, executing. Uh, it's I think it's tough when you're when you've got a track record or when you've been doing something for so long. Yes, you have to go through three months of abject disaster to reconsider your options. <laughs> but some people can't even do that. So it, it always it comes down to the player too, right? They've got to execute. So um, that's got to be positive. You know, the Giants have him. On, they're on the hook for four more years after this. It'd be nice if the guy would listen to them and try to at least try to make adjustments. <laughs> uh, and then Matt Moore, I mean, that's the stuff is there, but I, I, I just don't want it. feels like he's getting worse with each start. So yeah, he, he seems just more and more lost. I listened, I, I didn't watch it on TV. I sort of listened on the radio to his start on Saturday and the way John Miller was describing him, he was just sort of staring at the plate. Like, I don't know what's going wrong right now, <laughs> which is not an encouraging sign. Um, and you would hope that he could figure that out and then not do the things that are going wrong. <laughs> uh, that's probably nerves, perhaps, playing uh, in front of... I can't say that. Even though he played for the Rays, he still pitched at Yankee Stadium pitched against the Red Sox, you know, he pitched all over that. So it can't be really that. Um, so Yeah, because walk problem, like he's had flaws as a pitcher before, but walking walking guys at a at a more than Jonathan Sanchez rate has never been one of them. Well, you know why he pitched so poorly the other day? It's because Buster Posey was catching him. Right, okay. So he's yeah. the new Tim Lentz to come. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's why they had been avoiding that pairing for so long, because they knew that, you know, Posey just makes pitchers worse. So yeah. just kidding. That's a joke, by the way, for people <laughs> without any sense of humor. Uh, by the way, I feel like having a sense of humor means identifying the the really dumb jokes as well. Like the, I, I like and, the dumb jokes. And being able to comment on them and recognize, like, oh, that's just a dumb gimme joke. That's a pun. Whatever. People without a sense of humor can't even be like, they're always like, are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> and then you always have to say yes because it's funny. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Remember, folks, humor is a, is a fear response to death. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what all you can do when you watch the Giants now is laugh. Um, so this big series, though, follows a, a big series against the Mets, four games. Um, and it looked like the Giants were coming back to life a little bit. And then the Mets just beat the holy hell out of them for two games. 
So then that turned around. Alejandro Daza had a uh, three-run home run in this game. Well, we're going to quickly go back and look at the week real quick and make you relive the pain. But uh, the Giants were at home for a good stretch. That was a 10-game uh, homestand, and they went 3-7. and seven. So that's bad. <laughs> that's that's bad. Uh, they played like a not a major league team for a good stretch of that against the Pirates. Yep. So that was bad. Yep. In fact, in their last 17 games at AT&T Park, so the last two homestands, basically, the Giants are 6 and, well, what did I just say? They're 6 and, uh, uh, do the math, Brian. <laughs> well, they've got 1, 2, 3, so that makes it 6, 3, 4, 3 losses there. Oh, I had it wrong all the way. 4, wrong. okay. They are 6-11 and 11 in their last 17 uh, home games. That's bad. That, that's bad. I would suggest that they do better. Than Cincinnati, that. Washington, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Mets. Now, those are tough teams, especially you have to kind of grade on the curve with the Reds because whenever they go to AT&T Park, they score like 14 runs a game, and they have that woman who's sitting right by the mic for CSN cheering them on. And I feel like that is a big home field advantage for them. Right. If you watch the games, the CSN broadcast, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a woman, and she screams, and it always sounds like she has milk in her throat. Her her <laughs> woo is, is very like, woo! <laughs> and I think she calls them the red stockings, too. Or the red birds? She calls them. Bird? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and she claps after she woos, and because the reds score so many runs, it gets imprinted on your brain. In any case, it's painful to listen to, as well as watching the Reds, who are a bad team, come in and womp on the Giants. It's always weird. Um, and then the Red, the they split two, they split four games with the Nationals, who are a great team. We're kind of reliving some stuff here, but then you know they lose two out of three to the Orioles, which shouldn't be too much of a surprise. The Orioles have a bunch of softball sluggers, and then they get swept by the Pirates. And I don't know, it didn't even seem like these. Eight to five, four to three, six to five. It didn't even seem like they were that close. Um, the yeah, and Ryan Vogelsong coming back um, pitched a great game and got the win. And uh, good for the Pirates. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, there's not a lot of positives to take away except for the Giants being in first place. I mean, it'd be not. I think a lot of us would appreciate taking so many L's in our personal lives, and uh, and still being on top. <laughs> I I would yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you basically they are lovable losers and 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 they're still in first place so right I mean it's basically like their girlfriend broke up with them and they got evicted from their house and you know they and they when they were moving out you know somebody stole their couch yeah. but they still have an okay job yeah you know yeah. They're they're moving into another place. It's not that bad. Yeah. The dog ran away. Important. No one stole their dog. The dog just got sick of that. Just the ran dog away. ran away, but the dog was always kind of an asshole anyway, so <laughs> secretly they're not too unhappy about that. Uh so it was a rough week. It was hard to watch all the way around. Including our boy, Derek Law, getting roughed up by Jung Ho Gong uh for a home run. Shaking off Buster Posey. This was a game two of the series on Tuesday night. 
if you didn't catch the game. Posey called for, uh, I think, a, a curveball down and in, and uh, and Law changed it to a, shook it off to a fastball, and and Gong hit it to Barry Bonds' deep center field of the park. It was an emphatic F you Giants. <laughs> you suck. So, you know, they're not very good. And then, but then they come, they, they have a spirited rally. Madison Bumgarner gives up a grand slam. The Giants are just getting demolished by the Mets. And then Mets happens. <laughs> and the yeah, they, they came back against DeGrom. Yeah. Uh, and that was, it was an impressive comeback. It was the kind of, like the when they lost on just to jump ahead a little bit, they lost on Sunday, um, but they lost to Noah Syndergaard at his best. And there is some part of you that even when the Giants are in a death spiral, say when when Noah Syndergaard is on, you can't really expect them, you know, to do that much against him. So it's not like they covered themselves in shame. And if Degrom had 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 a similar performance, then you would have said, well, yeah, he's Degrom, he's a great pitcher. But yeah. instead, the Giants came back against him, and it was one of the one of the more fun. It was maybe the only fun thing that's happened in the second half. I don't know. I can't really remember that well. <laughs> uh, it it was spirited, and then the next day they go and they they base. You know, Cueto is is very good, and they win eight to one. And then it's just wampin' time. Uh, and, but you know, in fairness, Samarj had a no hitter going into the seventh inning. I turned the game on. I was watching it on game day because I was out. As soon as I turn it on, it's uh, it's double home run. So I was like, okay, well, my work here is done. <laughs> and I turned it off, and I was I was out with uh, with family, and they were like, you're turning it off. I'm like, it's over. <laughs> it's two nothing. They're not winning. That. I will watch the rest on game day. But I did go back and I watched uh, Samarja's start, and you know, I think I've said this many times. He has the stuff, and so the fact that he's throwing different pitches, you know, it's I, I feel like it's going to be effective going forward. We'll see what happens because it still seems like once he gets to that third time through the order, that's going to be a problem. But how many pitchers can say that that's not a problem? So, uh, so that's where we're at, folks, with the Giants. They are still in first place, but <laughs> but they've got their work cut out for them. And quite frankly, three in LA is going to be hard enough, but. It's kind of like one of those uh, college games where you can't look ahead too much in your schedule because even though you've got non-conference NAIA teams like Atlanta and Arizona at home for five games, the Giants have lost like every home game in the second half. So that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and then, and then, folks, there's still a road trip from hell coming up. Uh, there's four at Chicago. So after five at home, it's four at Chicago three at Colorado and three at Arizona. So any idea of the pitching looking good is out the window. It's time to swing the bats. (laughs) And as Grant wrote yesterday, that might be a problem because the giants don't hit home runs. So (laughs) either it all evens out and the giants have some home runs left in those bats and going to Chicago and Colorado and Arizona where the ball usually jumps means that it's going to even out in their favor or we're going to watch a mediocre team be mediocre and and not too great. So I say the Dodgers series is a big deal because I feel at this point we don't we can only hope that the Giants are going to be good going forward. And I if they can't show up against their rivals, 
And yes, I know it's easier said than done, but at this point, these guys have been doing it for so... This main group of guys has been doing it for so long. We've got to see something. I think they're really... I'm going to let you talk, Doug. <laughs> but I really think like that's why this series is so important, because even though it doesn't get much uh, more difficult going forward, it's time. Um, yeah, it's kind of a cliche to look at something and say, this is a statement series, this is a statement game. But on the other hand, <laughs> the Giants need to show up. And the Giants in the second half have spent most of the second half not showing up. You know, you'll have the occasional seven-hit game, uh, you will, which is you know was incredible, but for the most part, they just haven't really been on the field the way you want them to. They haven't shown up and looked like a major league team, um, and so they, it's getting to be time uh, now, specifically when they go into LA, where they need to show up and they need to say, yeah, we are the team that. That won however when fifty seven games in the first half, we are the team that is good enough to win this division. We're a team that can do big things in the playoffs. We're a team that can turn the ship around. Um, I don't know where the ship came from. <laughs> they're not even on a ship. As they're probably on a plane. But Maybe that's been the gonna... problem. The ship just showed up in the clubhouse, and they're not sure what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they've just been sailing everywhere. It's really tough to get to the East Coast that way. And then, like, every day someone's joking around going, look at me, look at me, I am the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) So the chain of command is constantly in flux. It's just, it's madness. Exactly. That's true. You can't have more than one captain. (laughs) And then that becomes its own argument, debating how many captains you actually can have. (laughs) Uh, And then probably debate about naming the ship the SS Harambee or something like that. Um, yeah. Which, which giant do you think would most want to name it? The SS Harambee. Probably Matt Moore, which doesn't endear him to anyone. So, uh, uh, you know what? I was, I was going to say Contos. I can oh, yeah. Contos oh yeah. Good. It's got to be Contos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with Contos. That's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> um, that's been our game of the week, folks. Now, um, <laughs> one one more stat. Did I already say this? Because it feels like I already did, but maybe not. The Giants. Uh, the Giants have uh, been out homered forty eight to twenty six since the All Star break. Giants pitching has given up forty eight home runs uh, in what is that thirty four games? That seems bad too. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you yeah. get for analysis folks they've been giving up a lot of home runs <laughs> at some point the analysis is yeah they've been bad yeah let's look at this other set yeah that's bad too they've, yeah they've been bad so you wonder how are they going to get better i mean yeah it's <laughs> it's always a combination right the sequencing luck uh and, and execution and and at, and at no point in the second half has have they all sort of played well, you, know, you I want to mention, go back to what you said about Nunez. I mean, you can see where the talent is. And certainly in the last week or so, it's coming around. Or I should say he's playing much more like the player the Giants got, as you pointed out. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, you can see what these guys' ceilings are on the field, in the games. Uh, it's just happening in spurts. Now, I kind of bring that up real quick because I'm like, well, Brandon Belt's slumping terribly right now. 
And Buster Posey has probably been hurt for most of the year, right? Yeah, because he, he certainly hasn't. He certainly hasn't been driving the ball, and uh, and Hunter Pence. Who knows? A guy like him, I I think at this point we have to kind of figure that he's not going to ever play a full season again. It just doesn't seem like he's that type of player anymore. He's he's gotten hurt last two seasons pretty significantly, and I, I don't know. So Angel Pagan somehow <laughs> finally it took until the mid August before he got his groin and his annual groin injury. Uh, good for him but uh, if this means we're a week away from seeing or a little under a week away from, or a little over a week away from seeing Mac Williamson come back that's great uh, because Gregor Blanco has been putrid Um, so it would be nice to see someone else once the rosters expand (laughs) just something else to spell it and and certainly Mac and Jarrett Parker they certainly played well when they were here so that's something to look forward to and in in terms of luck I guess the one thing I should mention is uh, Fangraphs has what their hitting performance should have been as the the ninth best. Like they have the their position players have the ninth best Fangraphs WAR um, of any team in the majors, yeah. and they have scored the twenty seventh most runs since yeah. the All Star break. Yeah. So there is some of it is luck, and then some of it is just you know they sometimes just get into a mood where they don't want to win. <laughs> you know you're asking a lot of them. It's really unfair. They do they go out there every day, and they try mostly. And, you know, sometimes you just need to be taught a lesson, ungrateful fan. <laughs> well, uh, and, and to speak to the bad luck, Noah Syndergaard could not stop base stealers. You could, you know, we could have, with my laptop in hand, stolen bases off of Noah <laughs> Syndergaard up until uh, Sunday. And then the Giants couldn't steal any bases against him somehow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, bad luck there. I want to say one more thing before we turn to your excellent Twitter questions, as we always get from everyone listening. And that is, uh, I think, what might be missing from the Giants this year, besides talent. Uh, well, they have talent, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and that is, they're missing the guy who, they're missing the Michael Morse. They're missing the Tim Hudson. They're missing the Aubrey Huff. They're missing maybe the Cody Ross. They're missing sort of the maybe, either the guy who started the season with them that's trying to win maybe on the one-year deal sort of the gamer type maybe i think marlon bird was probably supposed to be that guy last year uh but sort of that spark of like hey i want to win that's why i'm here i want to win uh and maybe eduardo nunez is not quite that guy he's probably a little bit young enough he was on the twins for so long it just kind of sucks your soul out um And Matt Moore on the Rays, same deal. And the Rays, you know, because they're very Wall Street, they, they breathe the emotion right out of you. No <laughs> humanity there. Uh, that's the positive arbitrage they're looking for. <laughs> How many sociopaths can we get? Uh, and, you know, Will Smith on the Brewers. And, you know, carrying the burden of being named after a, a, a worldwide superstar. So those probably aren't the guys in the Michael Morse, Tim Hudson, uh, even Jake Peavy coming over and trying to win fiery kind of thing. I don't know. That's, that's just, of course, ignorant fan talk there. But they certainly are missing some sort of spark. And with Pence being down for most of the year, it's kind of hard to jump in to a team that you haven't been around too much and be that guy again. It's also pretty cliched at this point. I'm sure they've tuned out Hunter Pence screaming at them. It's just <laughs> a novelty at this point. Um, so that's, that's, that's my other thought on, on why the Giants the last two seasons have kind of petered out at the end. Uh, okay. All right. What do you have for your Twitter questions? Uh, do, do we want to do uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah we gotta do we gotta do what we always do. Thanks. I'm glad one of us keeps us on task. <laughs> so player of the week, who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna say Denard Span. He's been very good. Wow. Controversial yeah. pick. All right. <laughs> he 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 had a splash hit. Those are those are fun. That's true. It, it was it barely registered. <laughs> I'm like, ho oh, hum, okay, all right. They're, they've just been so mind-numbingly bad. Um, I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Madison. I'm gonna pick Jeff Samarja. I was gonna pick Bumgarner. Yeah. He had a home run and all that stuff, but he'll he's my honorable mention. I'm skipping ahead. I'm gonna pick Samarja. Samarja had two good starts. They one the first one was not quality because he didn't go through six, but um, he's looked good. And yes. way to turn it around. We'll see if it holds up, but uh, I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, which actually means I should have been cautiously pessimistic. Damn it. Sorry, Jeff Samarja. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best game of the week? Uh, Bumgarner. Against, Versus DeGrom? Uh, against DeGrom, yeah. yeah. Man, what a mistake pitch by DeGrom, too. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you don't really throw a fastball to Bumgarner. That seems pretty straightforward, but... Man, to make a Jeff Samarja esque mistake with your fastball, <laughs> and Bumgarner hammered it. It was pretty impressive. Um, I do wonder if there's something about those really great pitchers who get really macho with Bumgarner at the plate and say, "I'm going to throw a fastball past him," and then no, you're not. Right? Like Kershaw, Kershaw <laughs> like this year it was it's been Kershaw, Granky, and Degrom that he's homered off of. Yeah, and you could see every one of them saying, "I am better than than Madison Bumgarner," and Madison Bumgarner being like, "Not if you don't throw a breaking ball, you're not." <laughs> Well, Jacob DeGrom is like the most vexing pitcher to me because do you remember last year in the playoffs, he, he against the Cubs, he didn't have his fastball for the whole game. And so he just had to throw curveballs and sliders like he had no I've never seen a pitcher have no control of his fastball like and he could only use his breaking pitches or and I think a changeup, And that was it. And so it's just weird to me because he has got a power fastball and it's just like the, it's the pitch he has the least feel for which is very strange. But if you read that uh, Rigetti piece, you'll find, you know, the Giants organizational philosophy about pitchers, you know, pitch to your strengths. If your fastball is not your best pitch, don't get beat on a fastball. Get beat on your best pitch. You know, that kind of thing. Because um, conventional wisdom is your best pitch should be your fastball. Because then everything goes off of that. But if you're, yeah, anyway. Uh, game of the week? Oh, you picked that. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go and say... Uh, I'm going to go and say uh, Vogel song beating the Giants was the game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty classic Vogel song start too because he got to what this you know, I don't remember if it was the fifth or the sixth and the Giants hit two homers off and he got pulled. Yeah. So he ended up giving up four runs and you know five or six innings or something, which and getting the win, which is pretty classic Vogel song. Yeah, really. three walks, <laughs> nine hits, and he didn't want to give in. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to say that and, and Vogie, I, I'm glad he's pitching well this year. Yeah, uh, no, I think, I think his innings are, are kind of limited, but you know, he's pitching well and I'm sure the giants would probably be fine with having him in the rotation, <laughs> but he's only started six games. His, his fill the independent stats, you know, he, it's, uh, it's all, it's almost two runs higher than his ERA. So, you know, <laughs> also classic Vogel song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's it. And and uh, okay. worst game of the week. Uh, uh, so many choices. Uh, Matt Moore against the Mets. I'm gonna say. 
that was not that was dispiriting and i don't i've already kind of blocked out the whole pirate series yeah from my brain which is great by yeah. the way i think everyone should do that uh yeah. so matt Moore against the pirate or like, against the nets like matt kane was so bad they phantom dl'd him which right. i believe yeah, he called exactly. yeah but Derek Law, our boy, giving up the uh, the game loser there. That was also tough. But I'm going to go with uh, Sunday's game, the 2 nothing shutout loss, because of how dispiriting it was, how quickly it ended, and how typically it ended. Double home run, you know, Cespedes is alive, and the Giants, you know, just couldn't do anything. And, you know, so much hope and then crushed. Even though, as you said, it's Noah Syndergaard, so you kind of got to—you have to tip your cap a little bit there. But you know, Samarja was kind of cruising; he looked good, and then nothing. Then just heartbreak. Um, yeah, six no hit innings, but when you're up against Syndergaard, yeah. yeah. Also, the eighth time this season the Giants have been shut out. So, <laughs> okay. Twitter questions. We ask right. for them every week. You can always at us at Macroncast is our Twitter handle. Go ahead, Doug. The first one comes from at side out par Nathan James. He asked, I kind of stopped paying attention to the giants during the Olympics. Is it safe to assume they've righted the ship? Yeah. 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 They're in first place. They're in first place. So just keep thinking that. <laughs> um, no, we uh, talked about the ships. There should be, there's the ship is a problem. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> Turning it around, writing it. They're baseball players. They're not ship captains. They're not. The problem isn't that the ship is going the right way. The problem is there's a ship at all. That's really where the issues <laughs> are coming from. <laughs> they, they bring in a baseball guru to look at the team and he sees the ship in the clubhouse. He goes, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next question comes from Joshua Holdridge at Josh Hold01. Can Madbum win both the Cy Young and the Silver Slugger this year? Or does Cueto throw a wrench in that by taking the Cy? That is wildly optimistic. Yeah. Uh, he has he hasn't really been that much better than any of the other pitchers for the Silver Slugger. I think like he he might win it by virtue of being himself. Yeah. Um, but you know, offensively he's. He's not even hitting 200 this year. <laughs> that um, um, so I could see him not winning that. Well, and he's won it two done. years in a row. Right. That's why he would win it, I think, yeah. if the numbers were about what they are now, just because everyone's used to giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Cy Young, I mean, I don't, I have no idea who's going to win the Cy Young, but it, it could be Bumgarner. It could be Cueto. It could be like 30 other guys. It could be Max Scherzer. I don't know. It could still be Kershaw. Because he's Kershaw. That good. <laughs> Kershaw comes back and has a great September. It's going to be Kershaw. Yeah. So uh, I want to. I wanna, now I'm looking at it a little bit here. Let's see his hitting line. <laughs> uh, where is his hitting line? Okay, so he is hitting. Way to go, Brian. Way to way to use the baseball reference here. Maybe I'll cut out the silence. Who knows. <laughs> Where is Madison Bumgarner's hitting stats? He's hitting 179, 263, 358. Okay, so he's well well off his last two years. In 2014, he had 258, and in 2015, he had 247. So he's way off his, his averages. It's winning, his winning slugging. Zach Greinke in 2013 hit 328, just to give you an example. <laughs> um, all right, what's our, we have another question. 
We have one more question. It comes from Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner. Would you rather see Bumgarner throw a no-hitter or hit two home runs in a game? Well, we've seen him hit two home runs in a game. I don't think so. We haven't? No. Maybe it was just in consecutive starts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, there was the one where he and Posey both hit grand slams. Oh, that's what I'm actually thinking of. <laughs> that's actually what I'm thinking of. Um, would I rather watch him hit an, or throw a no-hitter or hit two home runs in a game? Let, let just, let's just make this a little bit more fair. Assume the Giants win both games. Like, either way, they win. So you don't have the... I, I think, you know, hitting, hitting two home runs and losing would be pretty special. But let's assume that doesn't happen. I would say... Uh, I mean, let's... let's. What do you want to see tomorrow? Right? Or tonight? What do you want to see tonight? I don't see no-hitter tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would rather see a no-hitter. Uh, yeah, I if think... he got a no-hitter, then, then instead of a second one, I'd rather have the two homers in the game. Also, it's not impossible. Well, it's highly unlikely that he would hit a home run, hit two home runs, and throw a no hitter. <laughs> yeah, which he should probably just retire right after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, get on a horse and ride off the field. He would literally do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think I want to see the no hitter. I mean, it's it's a weird thought that his best start, one of the best starts of his career, was the last game or was right before the All-Star break, the last game before the All-Star break. And it's kind of like, is that the Giants season video right there? (laughs) Uh, It's kind of weird that that would be the end of it. But, you know, I think we all want to see, we wanted to see Tim Winscombe throw a no-hitter. We got to see that. We saw Matt Cain throw a perfect game. I think Madison Bumgarner throwing a no-hitter or a perfect game, I mean, that's, that's great. We've seen him hit home runs off the best pitchers in the entire sport. So, I mean, if we watch him hit a home run off of Brett Anderson and I'm trying to think of a random Dodgers reliever. Let's uh, say Kenley Jansen. <laughs> you know what? If he hit a home run off of Kenley Jansen as a second home run, <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty great. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty great. That would make it like we don't want no Blantons. No so. Blantons, right? Well, if he if it's like six to nothing and he hits a two run home run off of uh, Blanton, uh, and to secure the no hitter, eight nothing, <laughs> maybe it all works out. All right, so that's our Twitter question segment for the week. Um, we'll see what happens when we come back next week, right? Because that will tell us where the Giants stand. They they could be in first place, or they could be in first place. Or they could be not in the conversation for the playoffs at all. It's interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're running the team, there's not anything you can do at this point. You can't make the players better. You have you have sunk all your resources into this roster. There's nothing more that can be done until rosters expand. And then you got to hope that Bruce Bochy has a sudden epiphany that, oh, Hunter Pence is scuffling. Maybe I should put in Mac Williamson. But he'll never do that. <laughs> so, that's where we're at. Good luck, Giants. <laughs> Please be good, Giants. Please be good. All right. Uh, I'm at every sixth day on Twitter. You can yell at me with my stupid about my stupid opinions. I am at Moonwalk McFly on Twitter. You can yell at me about my stupid Twitter handle. <laughs> 
and about my stupid opinions. <laughs> Why do you let Brian get away with this? Uh, all right, and uh, I'm sure there will be fine content from you, Doug, this week on McCoveyChronicles.com, where we both write, and uh, we will blast your ears with our voices again a week from today. Thanks for listening. Good night. Bye.